Hey lovers, today's episode is about surprise. Can you guess? Sex. Of course, one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm going to be talking about specifically having the conversations with new partners about previous partners, sexual health, safety practices, getting tested for STDs and STIs, and I will reveal if I have a list of sexual partners or not. So keep on listening if you want to find out. You're listening to Poly in Real Life, a polyamory and sex podcast. When starting a new relationship, whether it's poly or monogamous, any type of arrangement, it's really important to prioritize your safety and your health, not just for yourself, but then for your other partners as well. So I believe that it is your responsibility to take charge of your own health and well-being and to initiate these conversations in new relationships. So one of them can be a little bit awkward at times. This is something that I've learned to, you know, just talk about it without being awkward. But at first, it definitely was. I struggled a little bit with sharing my sexual history with other people or sharing my test results with other people. Um, I think, too, because there's such a stigma Uh, associated with STDs in our society and it kind of makes it even harder to have these already somewhat uncomfortable conversations but I have found some ways to make the conversations a little bit easier smoother not so awkward and pretty much coming from a place of taking charge in your own health. This is also a way to show yourself love and boundaries with other people and a way for you to set non-negotiables. You know, like you could be starting an arrangement with someone that is going to be sexual and you have to set those boundaries, those ground rules, if they're not willing to, you know, meet you in the middle or, or do the same for themselves, then chances are it may not work out. Or you can then choose to completely cross your boundaries and find yourself in a position where you are putting yourself and other people at risk. And that is not what we want. So let's make it a goal to get into a place where we are prioritizing ourselves, we're not crossing our own boundaries, and we are able to speak up comfortably and in a way that isn't coming off as um, like you're being rude to the other person or in a way that's going to make them feel uncomfortable. So one of the best ways I have found to initiate the conversation about safety, sexual history, testing, and all of that is to simply ask, what are your safety sex practices? And that makes it less awkward, less uncomfortable. Sometimes people tend to get a little defensive if you're just asking them flat out, like, are you clean? Do you have STDs? Do you, you know what I mean? Like those questions can be a little bit blunt and upfront. 
also I am learning why we shouldn't use the word clean. Um, maybe use terms like disease-free. I've seen people use that uh, because when you're saying, you know, are you clean? If someone does test positive for an STI or an STD, it implies that they're a dirty person. And truth is, a lot of people end up getting STIs and STDs because sometimes they can be asymptomatic and people don't even know they have it. Um, so it's important to kind of be aware, and this is something, like I said, that I'm learning to be more aware of, is how I word, you know, these questions, how I bring it up, and then how I answer the questions. So like I said, the easiest way to start the conversation is to just ask for their safety practices. What are your safety practices, you know, for sex? And Usually, I mean, in my experience, it's been received pretty well. Like, I haven't had anybody get super defensive or anything like that. I had maybe one person who was really stubborn about condom usage and got a little bit defensive. And I'm just like, listen, this is my, these are my rules. And I have other partners too that I could be putting at risk. So this is a non-negotiable. Um, and then you can move on from there. You know, if the person is willing to meet you in the middle and be transparent and honest with you, you can move forward. If not, then it's up to you to decide how you want the relationship to go. But this is extremely important, um, especially as you're starting a new relationship. And then during an ongoing relationship, it's still just as important if you're not going to be sexually exclusive, if you're not monogamous, to keep the conversation going. So one thing that I really liked about a previous partner of mine, and this is something that I practice too, is after having new partners, we would share with each other. Um, and we would share with each other when we were going to get tested. So on a regular basis, we would share these things and be transparent to keep each other informed. And I think that created a level of safety and trust which is really important in pretty much every relationship. So if you don't have a set of safety practices in place, I highly suggest that you make one. Start by, you know, first, start by thinking about what's important to you. You know, are you just trying to prevent STDs or STIs? Are you also preventing pregnancy? So these are all things to think about. And always make sure that you are taking charge of this. Don't ever assume that the other person is going to take charge. So always be prepared. Um, after you figure out what's important to you, it should be pretty simple and easy to, you know, set those ground rules and your non-negotiables. So you'll want to make a list of non-negotiables, which are things that you are not willing to budge on. So if one of your non-negotiables is condom usage, then you have to stick to that. And if the other person or other partners do not want to stick to that, then it's time to have a conversation about it and figure something out. But that would be the process, I would say, to kind of figure out what your safety practices are. Also, um, figuring out how many people are involved, how often you're gonna to wanna to get tested. So for example, I like to do about every six months or after so many new partners. So if I've had, say like 
three to five new partners, but it hasn't been that six-month period yet, I'll still get tested. So it's whichever one comes first. If I don't have any new partners or maybe just one within that six months, then I'll do it every six months. But, And I mean, you can do it like every three to six months. This is something that you can talk to your doctor about and they will you know, tell you. I know when I went to my doctor, uh, they recommended every six months based on how often I have new partners, based on my current safety practices. So they will kind of be good at guiding you as well. So the next thing I wanted to talk about then was access to STD testing um, and pregnancy prevention. So I did a little bit of research based off of some of the methods that I have used, and I want to share a new method that I'm trying out currently for testing. So first off, if pregnancy is a concern, make sure that you talk about, talk about this to your doctor. Um, there are many different types of birth control methods, so it's a matter of finding what's best for you or your partner. Um, you can either make a decision yourself or talk to your partner about it, get their input, and make a decision together. So this is very a very individual decision, case-by-case basis. What works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. What works for you won't work for me all the time. Um, so once you get that out of the way, let's talk about different methods of testing. So the first one is very obvious. You can go to your doctor and have a test done. Uh, Personally, when I went to my doctor, I still ended up paying quite a bit. I got a bill afterwards, um, and I didn't even get to do all of the tests that I wanted to. So that was pretty pricey, and that is going to depend on your insurance whether you have insurance or not, what your co-pays are, whether your uh, doctor is in your network or not. So that's also something to consider is insurance and cost. The other way that I have gotten tested is just going to a lab. Um, So I will order my tests online, pay for them online, and then I just show up at the lab. It's a walk-in lab. I check in do the test, and then I have my results within about three days. They just send it to my email. Uh, So that's pretty convenient. It's also discreet. You don't have to let them know why you're there because they already have your lab slip. You don't have to go through a whole consultation. You just walk in, do the blood work, the urine sample, and whatever else you need to do. So that's another way. That is out of pocket, but... Going to the lab actually costs less than going to the doctor using my insurance. And at the lab, I was able to do the full spectrum of testing that I wanted to have done versus at the doctor, I couldn't have all of it and I still ended up paying more. Um, And now a third option that I just recently learned about is at-home testing. So basically at-home test kits, there's a few different companies that make these I just googled it and I found a company called Everlywell they actually make a bunch of different health test kits not just STDs or STIs but I have actually found this to be the most affordable option in comparison to the other 
methods. Um, so I ordered a test kit just to see. Their cheapest one, um, I believe, was $49, and that tests for chlamydia and gonorrhea. So I just got that. I, I like to normally do the full 10 panel test, um, but I, I'm trying out this method of testing, so I just went with this one, which was $49 even, um, no cost for shipping or anything like that. If I like the way this method works, then I will go ahead and order the full panel. But this was just more for kind of trial purposes, uh, just to see how I like this method of testing. If I don't like it, I'll probably just go back to the lab. So there are, like I said, a few other companies um, that make these. So basically you order your test kit online. Your test kit comes in the mail. Personally, um, I found this to be pretty discreet. Like the, it just came in a plain white box. So if that's something you're concerned about, um, you can feel good about knowing that it's gonna be discreet. And then everything you need is in the box. So all of your testing products, everything you need to test yourself, and then you also get the envelope and everything you need to send the results back. The only downside that I can foresee with this method is the time because it takes time for you to get it in the mail, take your test, and then you have to ship it back, plus then the couple days that it takes for them to actually test your samples. So if time is an issue for you, this may not be the best way. However, I did see that Target carries some of these Everlywell tests. Um, I'm not 100% sure if they have all of them or all of the STD testing, but it's worth a shot if you're in a pinch and you want to do a test really quick. You can just go to your Target um, or maybe even like Walgreens or CVS Pharmacy and see if they have these tests there. And you can take it right away instead of having to wait for it to come to you because I, it did take it took almost a full week for me to get this and now I'm not sure how long it's going to take for it to get back to the lab. So that's the only issue with that, but it was very affordable and it's very discreet. You don't have to tell anybody about it and you can do it in the comfort of your own home. And especially now with the pandemic, if you don't feel comfortable going out or being in a doctor's office, um, this is actually a really great way to still do your testing um, without really having to be around a lot of people or be in a doctor's office. Now, I was doing a little bit of research and I feel like this was the most affordable brand was the Everly Well. Um, I went on Planned Parenthood's website because I thought they might have even more affordable options and they were actually the most expensive out of all of the ones that I saw. Um, their cheapest test was $80. So this test that I got for $49 on Planned Parenthood, it was $80. Their most expensive test was $485 out of pocket. So that is almost, that's like, two to three times more than what I would pay by going to the doctor or going to the lab. So I do not recommend Plant Parenthood for your at-home tests. They're so expensive. Um, it might even be better for you to just try to get in there like with an appointment to have your testing done. 
Uh, so that was a little bit surprising because I'm not sure, but I I always was under the impression that Planned Parenthood was supposed to be a place where just about anybody can go and it would be affordable. So I was really surprised to see that their highest testing kit was almost $500. And I don't know if it's possible to send that into your insurance and maybe get reimbursed or what, but out of pocket, that's a lot of money. So I have not taken my test yet, but I will be posting an update, um, maybe more of like a review style post about the at-home testing kit on my Instagram page. So you can find more information about that there once I can kind of form a more solid opinion about these at-home testing kits. So now let's move on to a little bit more of a juicy topic and probably the reason why you have stayed on here so long. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No. Um, So I did a poll on my Instagram page yesterday and I asked you guys if you keep a a list of your sexual partners. So like, I guess some people call it like your little black book. Um, and I was actually really surprised, but the majority of people answered no. And so I wanted to answer this on here for you. And my answer is yes, I do have a list. And I have a, like I have a Google Docs in my phone And that's where, and I'll update it when I have new partners, but I don't just have my partners listed out. I will write something like one or two words next to the name to kind of describe the experience or the person. So the reason why I started doing this, because at first I, I didn't feel the need to, but I'm finding myself now losing count. So like if I, when I meet somebody new and just out of curiosity, sometimes people will ask about how many partners I've had and like, I'll just sit there kind of going through my mental list and I'm like, I have lost count. Like I don't even know. So this is kind of a good way for me to, um, keep tabs on my number And also kind of just for fun, like it doesn't really matter to me the amount of partners somebody's had. And I sure would hope that, you know, a person I'm meeting doesn't really care about my number uh, because I don't think that defines a person. But I don't know. It's just kind of like a for fun thing. I'll update it when I remember to. And yeah, and like I said, it's just kind of a way for me to keep track of my number in case I get asked. And some people I want to remember. So I like to write things about those people. So like sometimes if I have a really, really good experience with someone, I'll find myself journaling about it in more detail. But in my list of sexual partners, I will more more likely, I don't want to say I rate people, but I will write a little bit about them in my list. And I don't know if this is something I'll keep forever, but for now, it's kind of fun to just see and also a way for me to be like, okay, what else do I want to add to this? Like what, what other experiences should I add? So it kind of gets my wheels turning a little bit as far as like figuring out what other things I want to explore. So that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Now 
Let's get into today's sex story of the week. I'm actually going to be sharing something that I wrote, my first erotic piece, and I got really good feedback on it, so I want to read it to you. So I do want to throw in a little disclaimer, just a little trigger warning. There is some knife play involved in this story, so if you feel uncomfortable with that, you can go ahead and skip over this entire segment. But thank you for listening this far. Section one is called Morning Hike. The morning was bright and chilly, although summer was soon here. I had no trouble getting up early that day, knowing I'd get time with him. And no matter how many times I had seen him before, each time I knew I'd get to feel his touch, kiss him, lock eyes with him, submit to him, melt into him, I was a nervous wreck. Heart racing, hands shaking, a stutter in my words. I arrived early, ready for our hike, anxiously, impatiently waiting. But I never wanted to reveal my excitement. I wouldn't want him to think I'm desperate. I had missed him so much. There he was, grabbing his hammock and other things from the trunk of his car. I walked over, most likely smiling from ear to ear. His hugs were the best. The plan was to go off trail. He had already hiked this trail before to find us a secret spot. Off we went. He always walked ahead, leading the way. I trusted him. And there it was, to the side of the trail, a steep hill going down to the small creek. I was scared at first. Maybe this was a bad idea. He held out his hand and helped me down. The next few minutes we spent looking for trees to set up the hammock. I loved watching him in the moment, finding a place that we could make ours, even if just for a few hours. Our own little place away from the chaos of the world. Next section, knife play. We hopped onto the hammock. I was always so awkward with it and he laughed. We held each other, listening to the birds, the creek, and all other critters rustling around. Our breath became synced at one point. We slowly danced into passionate, deep kisses. It was only a matter of time before I very willingly surrendered, waiting to be consumed, ravished. He pulled out a knife as we looked so deeply into each other's eyes. This was something we had talked about before. The scene was set up for this most perfect moment. My eyes felt like they were buzzing. I could feel the adrenaline rushing through every cell of my body. I couldn't tell if I was shaking from fear or excitement. It was as if my body had become a magnet, pulling his hand with the knife closer and closer to my skin. I let out a small gasp, followed by a quiet laugh as the cold metal touched my highly sensitive skin. I had goosebumps. My teeth began to chatter. Is this okay? You have to be very still, baby. I obeyed and stayed as still as I could. In that moment, I trusted that he would keep me safe. He dragged the knife on my face, down to my throat, then began applying more pressure, leaving a slight scratch close to my nipple. Down, 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 ever so slowly. Finally, he reached the edge of my panties on my hip. He cut them off while reminding me to be very, 
very still. He had a stern look in his eyes, seriousness in his voice, my voice shaking. Okay, I'll be still. Straddling me, I knew I could never be strong enough to break free from his grip if I tried. I wanted to go as close to the edge as I possibly could. I knew he could get me there. I closed my eyes and felt the cold, sharp metal in between my legs. He held it there for a few seconds. Pulling away, the knife was wet. You got daddy's knife all wet, baby. Then he put the knife to his tongue to taste the honey. Last section, where I meant to come. He was so good at reading me. He could tell I had enough. I was there at the edge. It was time to come down. He gently traced my face. You're such a good little girl. There he was laying next to me, now tracing my body with his fingers. His hands were my weakness, but also his eyes and smile, his voice, his entire being. My body opened up to him as he entered me with his fingers. My breathing became so heavy and rhythmic. I couldn't help but let him moan out. Shh, you have to be quiet, baby. The more I opened up, the deeper he went. This is it, baby. This is where you're meant to come. With me. In the woods. That's right. Now come for daddy, baby. Those words set me free. My entire body buzzing. Sweet honey dripping off his hand. This really was where I was meant to surrender to the ultimate pleasure. In nature, so primal with my guide, my love, my protector, my daddy. His aftercare was so gentle and soothing. Swinging with the breeze, listening to the birds, looking up at the trees, it felt like home. Oh man, I think I might have a vulnerability hangover after reading that out loud. Like it felt a little bit vulnerable to share it in writing, but reading it was a whole different feeling. Um, but thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got something out of it. I hope you learned something new. That's usually my intention is to connect, to guide, to share in hopes that somebody will learn something. So you can find me on Instagram at the Polly Pocket. Make sure to give me a follow. You can submit questions and your sex stories in my story highlights. Next Thursday is a holiday, so there won't be an episode next week, but I will continue posting on Instagram, so you can go ahead and check that out. Stay engaged with me on there. Message me if you have any questions or topic requests for posts or podcast episodes. I will see you in two weeks. This is Polly in real life, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.